VIP listeners, it's summer 2018 and spirits are high and people are having fun. While you're down the shore, you have got to get to North Wildwood, the inlet on Old. This place has got it going on. A great venue with a view of the ocean, great people, great food, and great drinks. The inlet on Old, located at 101 East Walnut Avenue in North Wildwood, New Jersey. The place for old friends and new memories. I love the inlet on Old, man. I get my nice cold beer there, have some wings. You pick anything off of that menu, you're going to enjoy it. Benny, I know you like the inlet on Old. Oh, I absolutely love that spot, Marky. One of my absolute favorites down the shore, an absolute must-go-to every time I'm down there, babe. The Inlet on Old, folks. 101 East Walnut Avenue, North Wildwood, New Jersey. Get there now. VIP listeners, you are now on the mark. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the show. We're really, really, really excited about this one, man. We uh, we made the call. We got our guy, Philly's announcer, uh, Philly's staple, really, Greg Murphy, joining us on the mark. Everybody, uh, for the most part, knows about the... Uh, Twitter feud between the On The Mark show and Greg, and we um, had a meeting shortly after that feud uh, prior to a Phillies-Yankees game where me and Greg met for uh, an hour uh, or so, and we had a great conversation. You know how I like to refer to it as the conversation. That's what we say. We got to have the conversation, and we're going to have another uh, tremendous conversation with Greg uh, for all of you guys to hear this time. Uh, Greg is a stand-up guy. He knows uh, the league. He knows the uh, media industry. And frankly, the Phillies are playing very well right now. They're a first-place team. Uh, They've made some nice moves. It's time for the city to get behind this team. The hunt for Red October is on. Benny, what are you thinking of the Phillies right now, man? Oh, I mean, the Phillies are exciting, Mark. You got first place right now, making a couple moves at the trade deadline, really bolstering the bullpen a little, bolstering the lineup. I'm excited about this team. It's got a little cool feel to it. Now, given the National League did get better at that trade deadline all around, some good teams got better. So there's a lot of competition out there, but I like these Phillies, man. They're one of about four or five teams that could truly make a run in this NL. I mean, look, their Phillies were just up in Boston. They held the highest scoring team in baseball to three runs over 22 total innings. I mean, that's tremendous. And frankly, it should have been just one run if it wasn't for the uh, Odubel Herrera mishap in the outfield. Yeah, that was the terrible mishap. That, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, so iconic costly. mishap. And then Jesus. had a horrible play on the bases yeah, later. Yeah, I, it was a bad night for Odubel, yeah. but you take the good with the bad Odubel with that guy. Odubel giveth, Odubel can taketh. Absolutely, it's, he can. Uh, it's kind of like a Manny being Manny type of thing. But sure, a little similar. Different. Yeah, yeah. You're with me on what I'm trying to say there. Yeah, you know, Dubal's one of those characters. You live with him, you die with him. Right. But, you know, it kind of killed him in that game. But let's be honest, they had more than enough innings to get more than one run in that game. Sure. You can't put it on one no, bad play no, in the no, outfield. No, And that's how good they are, that uh, the team was good enough to overcome two ugly mistakes and stay in the game. And, uh, you know, it, it was an extra innings loss, but... 
they battled, and we like to see that. That's what makes this Phillies team cool right now. They're never out of it. They battle every night, and it's a different hero every night. Yeah, well, that's one of the main reasons, like we say, the Philadelphia Phillies and Gabe Kapler are the talk of Major League League Baseball. Baseball. We are ahead of the curve with stuff like this, man. And, gang, you don't have to just take this as lip service. All you have to do is go on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and roll it back to the opening day episode Mm -hmm. where we were talking up how excited we were for what they could have going on and how we talked up Gabe Kapler, uh, the Arietta move. Yeah. You know, uh... They've done a lot of uh, the right things, and they're continuing to do that. And we say it time and time again, and we catch heat for it, Benny. Gabe Kapler is a cool dude. He really is. He's such a cool dude. Uh, Communication skills, top-notch. You know, the players are looking at him. They're like, wow, I'm a professional athlete, and this guy's more shredded than me. I mean, that's one of the big points for me where I think he's going to be a great manager. You can't have these 20-something, 30-something-year-old men who are getting paid to be a professional athlete, getting outworked by their coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By their manager. Yeah, it's When you see how much he's in that weight room and how hard he's going in and how intense he's putting in yeah. his lifts, yeah. it's going to make you step up to his level or be better. And then he talks to his players uh, like a man. Uh, he says what has to be said, but he says it and delivers it in the right way. Totally. And, and that can't be forgotten about. He doesn't shy away from a tough question or a tough nope. situation. I like how he handles the media. Yeah, he handles it great. Like you said, he steps up to the plate, and he really hits this one out of the park. Mm-hmm. And, guys, just to take you behind the scenes, when, when I met Greg, it was before the third and final game of the Phillies-Yankees series. We, we uh, met up at the ballpark. Uh, Phillies won that game, actually. On the mark, uh, we felt like it was a win at that meeting because we made a, a, a great friend. Greg is a... Um, one of the coolest people in this industry that I've ever uh, spoken with, uh, held a um, relationship with. He's he's wise. He's smart. He's funny. He's he's just you know a dynamite person. Yeah, I'm thrilled that we're going to be able to kick it down to the field with Murph. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But I'll tell you this: um, a lot of people can learn a lesson for how Greg Murphy handled this interactions with us because a uh, Scott Van Pelt didn't have the humility didn't have the right didn't have the balls right or the guts yeah to do what greg did right exactly and in, engage in a good conversation right. a give and take conversation right. and a friendship built off of that right van pelt tried to clown us tried to yeah. tried to first bully us bully dog clown us yep and when we showed him what we had going on he was still that Oh, I'm too good for this. Dismissive, very this dismiss- dismissive. You know, yeah. And then when we, when Van Pelt, um, the guy big lead us, Mark. Yeah, yeah. But then when he he gave us um, uh, a level of communication where he was acknowledging what we were saying. Yeah. He wasn't totally writing off what we were saying, and he said, "You know, we are peers in this industry," mm-hmm. and that stuck out to me. Um, it could have been a really fascinating conversation between us and uh, Van Pelt, uh, but the fact of the matter is, uh, it hasn't happened yet. It may in the future. It could. It very well the could. The door's open. It, the door is totally open, uh, but we're not worried about that ESPN stuff right now. No. Uh, we're very excited about uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. We're very uh, excited about our newfound friendship with Greg Murphy. 
I really enjoy this guy. I really do. And, folks, you're going to enjoy him, too. So as soon as we get back, gang, we're talking Phillies baseball with Greg Murphy. tricks Murphy. All right, VIP listeners, we now have Phillies announcer, the great Greg Murphy, is on the mark. Greg, hope you had a beautiful trip back from Boston. We liked <laughs> how those Phillies battled up there. You know, of course, that 1915 World Series rematch that we all remember so well. Yes, I remember it like it was yesterday, Mark. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me, first of all. And uh, yeah, you know what? I think the uh, the two days in Boston uh, hopefully open some eyes that this team can maybe, uh, you know, hang with the best teams in baseball. Aaron Nola was fantastic in game one. Didn't work out for the Phils, but uh, Jake Arrieta was terrific in game two. They did get the win there. So I think all in all, the last two days of that road trip were pretty good. You know, I don't know if the Red Sox are the best hitting team in baseball, but they're certainly top three. Uh, and the way the Phillies kept them at bay for what was that? Uh, how many innings did they play total up there? What was the first game? 13 innings? 13, yeah. yeah so, so I mean, like 22 or something. You know, that, uh, that, yeah. That, that's special. That is yeah, special. It, re- it really was. It was. You know, it, you, you loved when when you looked at the schedule and you saw your, you know Aaron Nola pitching game one and Arietta pitching game two. You loved how that lined up. And it really couldn't have worked. Well, I guess it could have worked out a little bit better for the Phils. They could have gotten the win in game one too. But um, to watch Aaron Nola in in game one, do what he did against that lineup. It was really impressive. And, you know, he doesn't get the national attention yet that he probably deserves at this point, but, uh, but he will. And, and it was fun to see him. I talked to him right after the game and uh, he's so humble and, uh, and low key, but we were talking just about, um, you know, how he kind of has taken that next step this year. And, uh, you know, he, he won't say that, but we certainly can. But it, it was great. to. He was excited. Obviously, he was very excited with the way he pitched against that lineup. And, uh, he, he was fantastic. I've been a huge yeah. fan of him uh, from day one. Uh, he uh, doesn't get the national recognition yet, but like you said, that's coming. Uh, making the All-Star game certainly didn't hurt. But I thought mm-hmm. uh, for the team in general, uh, I thought that stage up at Fenway against uh, the first-place team, the way they played, I think that type of – even though it was only a two-game uh, series, will start to bring the team some attention nationally. I hope so. I really do. Because I feel like Philadelphia right now is missing out a little bit on the excitement that is surrounding this team. And, I, you know, we get back home, get back to work uh, this week, back in Citizens Bank Park. And I do expect, well, obviously it's alumni weekend, so that's going to bring some crowd in. But I do expect there to be 
a little bit more of a buzz. In first place, beginning of August, I think this city is is ready to embrace this team. Reese Hoskins said it last week. He said, look, I think the narrative that are we a good team is over. He said, we, I think we've shown we're a good team. Now we just have to go out and get the job done. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, Greg, before we go too deep into the Phillies, this Phillies team, which we're really excited about, why don't we give the VIP listeners a look behind the scenes at our <laughs> epic Twitter feud and then our meeting prior to the Phillies-Yankees game where it was like Trump meeting Kim Jong-un. You know, I don't know who's who. Wait, who's who? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it was really a great conversation that we had prior to the game. But, let, you know, let's take our listen, the listeners behind the scenes here, how it all came about. Because part of what we do here at On The Mark, we do evaluate media outlets, whether it's ESPN, CNN, uh, Fox News, um, Fox Sports, what have you. So, of course, locally in Philly, we have a lot of Phillies fans who listen. We are Phillies fans. Um, so naturally, we evaluate the uh, Phillies broadcast team. Uh, we get a lot of feedback. Uh, we see a lot of feedback about the booth and whatnot. And, you know, I made that known on Twitter to you, and you had got back to me. Is that <laughs> fair to say? Well, yeah, that's that's like all accurate and all fair. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, my chosen profession is one that uh, is in the public eye. And, and with that comes a certain amount of public uh, scrutiny and opinion. And that's all totally fine. Um, in fact, I've been doing this a long time. And I told you this when we talked. Uh, it used, you know, when you get criticized uh, publicly, it can sting sometimes. However, you get to the point in your career that you can kind of put it in perspective. And then I think I'm, I'm certainly at that point in, in my career. Um, we, we, you know, you mentioned and we talked about it, but there's a lot of, you get a lot of feedback through your podcast and, and, you know, talking to folks and, but we also get a lot of feedback that, um, that comes our way and overwhelmingly it's positive. Uh, we certainly have our detractors. We will always have our haters and that this goes with the territory. But what, what I wanted to talk to you about, and, and I know, you know we did at length, was you know, when it becomes a personal attack versus a, you know, constructive critique. And, and, and I think that's the fine line that some people, um, it, it's so easy to, to cross over sometimes because of social media and, and what have you. But uh, again, we understand it. I certainly do. I, I try and listen to the constructive criticism and you know, sometimes folks don't understand what's happening behind the scenes or some of the reasons we do some of the things we do. Um, I certainly don't make those decisions. So, you know, all in all, it, it, it is what it is, but you and I talked about it and I felt good about our conversation. So that's I, why I'm here right now. I certainly did too. And I will say this, I don't know if it was since uh, our conversation or just the way this team's been playing. I have been enjoying the Phillies telecasts more. Now, <laughs> well, it might be a combination of both things. I, I truly have. It was uh, eye-opening in some regards. Uh, you know, just the way you expressed to me how your hands are tied with certain things and this, that, and the other. It, it, it makes sense. And, um, you know, I do appreciate, and I told you that when we met, I do appreciate what you guys do. Uh, we all know it's certainly not easy. And uh, there's no way you can ever ple uh, please everybody who's listening and watching. 
Well, and that's true. And and we really can't even try to do that because it would be impossible. Right. What we hope to do, and we sometimes, I'll say it, hit the mark, and sometimes mm-hmm. don't hit the mark. Right. Um, but what we try to do is give a an entertaining and informative broadcast every night. Okay. And and 162 a year, are you going to do it every night? No, you're not. Uh, we watch a lot of baseball. We watch a lot of innings. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you miss it. Sometimes you do some things and you think in retrospect, okay, we probably didn't need to do that or should have done that a different way. But uh, but we're going to continue to put out the best product we possibly can. And um, hopefully – most of the Phillies fans that are watching and listening uh, enjoy it on a nightly basis. And, and, and honestly, it sure helps when the team's winning. It, right. it, it helps when the team's winning. When the team does. is losing, we're all a little, <laughs> a yeah. little on edge. So Absolutely. Uh, it's been a lot more fun this year. Now, what do you say to the people out there, the fans out there, that are constantly complaining about the broadcast? Is there any one single simple message that you would want to – I know you kind of just did there, but is there anything else for the guys who just – can't seem to wrap their minds around the broadcast would would there be anything else you would want them to know um honestly no because i don't think i'll change their minds and that's okay it's okay if they we are okay if they don't want to uh enjoy our broadcast there's nothing else we can do um you know there's there's a group of us that work extremely hard and bringing us bringing the viewers the best possible broadcast that we know how and um like i said you know i think 85 90 percent of the feedback that i get is extremely positive um you know i think you saw that when you were at the ballpark absolutely and 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 i think you're like a rock star in there <laughs> I, I, I i'm serious I there were people, people coming up I to think... you nonstop, hugging shaking hands asking for pictures compliments i, I saw it firsthand well, but, but, and, and that's certainly not what we're in it for. You know, I, I grew up here. I'm a fan of the Phillies. I'm, I feel blessed every day to get a chance to do what I do. But I, I do realize that there are some people that just aren't going to appreciate um, my style. They're not going to appreciate the guys I work with, you know, sometimes. And we wish they would, but we know that we're not going to get everybody. So we leave it at that. Now, when we talk about the guys you work with, you, get, you got a cast of characters. Uh, Tom McCarthy catches a lot of heat. Uh, Tom's a talented guy. He's done multiple sports, NFL. Uh, I'm sure he gets job offers out the wazoo to go to other places. Uh, Tom is a uh, interesting guy. Uh, you know, my opinion of him is, uh, you know, he's a businessman, and, and I think he does do a nice job for the Phillies. Uh, my only two things, Greg, I wish he would stop calling Center City downtown Philadelphia and I wish he would stop calling uh, balls hit in the gap base hits. Those are my only two complaints at this point. Is a ball hit in the just, ga- is a ball hit in the gap a base hit? It, it is by definition a, a base hit. Yes. Is it the normal term terminology? Oh, I mean, you know, again, look, I, I don't want to get into the the nuances. Tom McCarthy uh, is easily one of the most talented play by play guys in the country, and it, I don't. It's that. That's not my opinion. That's the opinion of network Yo, executives across the yes, board. Yes, yes. So, you know, he's terrific at what he does, um, and I am in awe of his ability each and every night. I've sat in that chair. I know how difficult that job is, and I've been doing television for twenty years. And when you sit in that chair, 
you can't even begin to understand how difficult of a job that is sometimes. And he makes it easy every single night. So again, he realizes that he's not going to get a hundred percent of the, uh, of the people to, to love what he does. <laughs> right, and right, he's right. fine with that too. Sure. As of, he course, of course, as he should and, be. Um, but, now, uh, now, from a personal standpoint, Greg, would, do you prefer being out in, in the stands or do you prefer doing the play-by-play? Because I think you're good at both. And, well, thank you. Uh, I, I appreciate like you that. as the play-by-play guy when you fill in. Um, I, I love doing both. I really do. Uh, I never set out to be a play-by-play guy. My goal was to be a sports anchor you know, behind the desk. And I did right. that for years and years. Um, when the opportunity to join the Phillies broadcast team presented itself with the role that I have now, I jumped at it, and I have loved every single minute of it. I fill in for Tom when needed, and I do the best job that I possibly can. But, um, you know, if an opportunity presented itself down the road in a different city to be a play-by-play guy when my kids are a little bit older and and, uh, they're, you know, out of the house and don't need me around as much, I would think about it. But but if I do what I'm doing now for the rest of my career, Working career, I'd be perfectly fine with that as well. Do you, do you have a second team? I mean, look, I'm a diehard Phillies fan, but but I dig other teams. I've always dug the Yankees. <laughs> do you have a second team that maybe from afar you say, I, mean, I like the way they go about their business or, you know, oh, I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, doing their games one day? You know, honestly, I, I don't because I grew, up a, I grew up a kid in South Jersey rooting for the Phillies, so – being a part of the Phillies organization is just, it's like a dream come true for me. No, that said, there are certainly other organizations that I look at and I say, wow, I really appreciate the way they go about it. Um, the Cardinals come to mind. Sure, uh, I think the, the way the they, the way, League, sure. Yeah. And the Dodgers and, yeah, and yeah. places, places like that. But I do not have another team. You know, I know some folks say oh, I have an American League team. I really don't. Um, I, I couldn't even, you know, I like watching Mike Trout play, even though he yeah. plays in the middle of the night. It's short of that. Right. <laughs> I don't really have a, another team that uh, that I would say is my second team. Not in yeah. baseball. Okay. No, I understand that. Now let's dive back into uh, the Phillies here. Uh, when we had uh, our uh, on-the-mark MLB insider Brett Boone join us on the show, mm-hmm. he kind of laughed at me when I said the uh, acquisition of Jake Arrieta I felt like could pay dividends for all the young arms uh, on the team. Uh, I, I feel like that's truly come to fruition, uh, the way these young guys have pitched, the Pavettas, Velasquez, so on and so forth. There's a, there's quite a few names here. Aranola. I mean, do, do you see that? Uh, you're around the team on a daily basis. Do you see, uh, you know, Arietta sharing that knowledge, or uh, is it more of like that Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers thing where the veteran goes his way and the young guys go their way? Absolutely not. It, it's it's exactly what you said. Jake Arietta has made it a point to be the guy that the young players can come to, not just the pitchers, but that the young players can come to. And I have talked to each and every one of them multiple times, whether we're talking about Vince Velasquez, if we're talking about um, Aaron Nola, we're talking about Nick Pavetta. I've talked to them and they, to a man, have said the influence that Jake Arrieta has had on them and in this clubhouse has been second to none. And, you know, you never know when you bring a veteran in, but right from day one, you got the sense that Jake was, was taking that responsibility very seriously. And even when he was struggling, he 
he separated his personal struggles on the mound with his ability to connect with the young guys and to help them. He goes out and watches their bullpens. He sits and talks in the dugout with them for an hour about certain things and the nuances of pitching and how to become the best pitcher they can. You know, he's done it at the highest level. Yeah. And he's they got... know that, and he knows that. Yeah. And he wants to help this team win, and he knows by, by talking to these guys he can do that. And it really has been fun to watch. Jake's a really interesting guy. He's a very nice guy. He's very intense, and, and he's very bright. When, you know, when it comes to the world of baseball, he knows – he knows what it takes to be successful, and he is he is passing that along. Yeah, he's uh, he's kind of like a throwback in my eyes mm-hmm. because yep. of that, you know, uh, you know that intensity. Kind of reminds me, um, not that this guy wasn't good, he certainly was, but a more talented Brett Myers. You see that? Uh, but, uh, it- in some, well, I don't know that I would go quite there. In some ways, and I, and I understand the the connection between the two, but I think. Jake is a little bit more cerebral than than Brett, okay, and that's not a yeah. knock on no, Brett. Yeah. I think I think Jake is an underrated thinking man's pitcher. I mean, he obviously had great stuff when he was at his best, and and that helps. But he's also really, really smart and and knows how to pitch. You know, there's there's the throwers and the pitchers, and and he knows how to pitch. Yeah, yeah, he, um, he certainly does. He's he's yeah. proven that over uh, a heck of a career, and. It doesn't look like he's, you know, losing anything from uh, successful years prior. He's still going. He looks like the same guy to me. I mean, he stays in great shape. Um, yes. You know, there was other there's other pitchers you could see are noticeably fading as they get older. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't see that in him at all. Well, the big question when we when the Phillies signed him was, you know, his his velocity was down a tick, and could he learn? to get guys out with, you know, 92, 93, rather than 95, 96. And, you know, he could touch, he gets there every once in a while, but he's not consistently um, where he was when he was with the Cubs in terms of velocity. But, you know, I think we're, we're watching him develop that, that ability to pitch with the stuff that he has. Yeah. And, you know, he's coming off a terrific month. And um, I, I think even at his age and with all he's accomplished, he's still learning to figure out ways to get guys out at the big league level with the stuff he has. And I think we've seen that he has made great strides over the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, in, oh, yeah. in being able to do just that. And I would imagine if the Phillies stay in this hunt long enough and that red October crowd really gets going at Citizens <laughs> Bank Park, that'll give them a little more juice on that fastball. I mean, uh, that place rocks like no other, as you know. You just gave me chills, in. Mark. Yeah, you yeah. did. <laughs> it's the hunt for red October, Greg. I mean, it's Absolutely. a special moment in the city when that comes about. And a lot of people want it back. Uh, a lot of people right now just are weary. This is a very young team. Uh, mm-hmm. They were projected to lose a ton of games. They are the youngest team in baseball. Uh, a, rook- a rookie manager. Uh, you know, me and uh, my producer, co-host, Benny Spielberg over here, we were, we are huge believers in Gabe Kapler from game one, from day one. And my, uh, where I got that from, where that stemmed from for me was the uh, intensity, of course, but more so than that, uh, his communication skills. I think he has top-notch communication skills. And when you have a clubhouse 
uh, a modern day clubhouse in Major League Baseball with so many people from different countries, different ages, different languages, uh, where they grew up in uh, countries, whether it's rich, poor, middle class. You have to be able to communicate with so many different types of people and uh, motivate. And uh, it's a grind. The dog days of summer. I I just got the vibe that Gabe was going to be very good at doing that. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Honestly, uh, I think that's exactly what has made him so successful. He's a he's an excellent communicator. There's no there's no way around it. He is that's what he does, and that's what he said he was going to do, and he has done it since day one. He's also a meticulous planner. Uh, he's a very smart guy, obviously, and and you know he does all the little things that that you need a manager to do. But he also brings this positive vibe to the clubhouse that is unmatched. I'm a pretty optimistic guy myself, yeah, and yeah. I have been for, for most of my life. I've never seen anything like Gabe's positivity. And I think, again, in talking with the guys, you can only, you know, we see it. You know, we watch it. You watch it. I watch it. Fans watch it. But when you talk to the players and you say, hey, really? I mean, is this? And they say, Murph, Absolutely. From day one, he made us feel like we could run through a brick wall. Yep. And, and now they're running through a brick wall, and and it's fun to watch, and it's and, fun to see. And I kind of took that meticulous planning and positivity thing. I, I I felt like he also had that, and this is why I felt like he had that, because of his uh, physique. The guy is yeah. in unbelievable shape, yeah. and to, to, to be in that type of shape, you have to be a positive person. You have to be a planner. You have to be a serious person and a hard worker to get that done. That is not easy. Yeah, I'm the positive guy, but I'm not in that kind of shape, so I'm missing the other three things, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but you're right. He, is, uh, he, he takes everything very seriously. If he's, he's the guy, you know, we all say it, or most of us say it, you know, I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right. He's the guy that if he's going to do something, he absolutely is going to do it right or he's not going to bother. Right. And and that's what I've seen from him. It's it's kind of inspiring. It really is. You know, yeah. it might sound corny, but when you watch a guy like that and you're around a guy like that, you you yourself get kind of inspired by it and pumped up and you say, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I, I can do something like that. And that's what I think the guys have all bought into. Yes. And you know, early in the season when the Phillies start winning games, after every win uh, from the On the Mark show Twitter account, I would put out a tweet. Gabe Kapler and the Philadelphia Phillies continue <laughs> to be the talk of Major League Baseball. Just kind of making like a uh, spoof of a headline of like thing, of what I actually believed was things to come. Now, after every yeah. win this year, I've tweeted that out with a picture of Gabe and his aviators, which many people knocked him for wearing because it's not like the traditional Oakley yep. baseball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just love putting that out. The guy, uh, I really enjoy the guy. And maybe because it, he's coming off of Sandberg, who uh, was an introvert. He, he felt like he was a mute at times. Uh, I know that he didn't have uh, great uh, relations in that clubhouse. I mean, how could he have? And Mackinnon, who I liked, who was uh, still, I think, tough maybe for some of these younger guys to relate to. But he, uh, not that he did a poor job with the cards he was dealt. Yeah, you know, I, I, Pete, I love Pete, and he's a wonderful guy, and, and I think he did a very good job with what he had to work with. Um, and, and, and the players, too, you know, I, well, I, I shouldn't say to a man because I don't know that for a fact, but I know the players really enjoyed playing for Pete. Yes. Um, and and he, he's just an extremely likable guy. The 
the organization decided to go in a different direction for very specific reasons. And, you know, Pete's still a part of the organization. In fact, we're going to see him this week when we head out, out west. Um, he's still advising Matt Klintak as, as a part of the front office. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't as though they were unhappy. They just saw a chance to get a young guy with all the skills that Gabe has, and, and they went for it. And um, and I understand. You know, certainly in retrospect, you look and see the job that Gabe has done, and you think to yourself, okay, I think they've made a pretty good choice. Not that Pete couldn't have gotten these guys to win too. I think he probably could have, but it was an organizational decision, and it's working out for everybody, I uh, think. Absolutely. You know, now this just kind of hit me. Gabe Kapler, maybe a, a younger uh, Larry Boa type manager. A little well, less animated, though. You, and I think a little bit more Cere- positive. Cerebral positive? I, I, well, I would tell you that I think where Larry, and don't get me wrong, I grew up worshiping the guy, but Larry would get the most out of guys the way maybe, you know, uh, your your father would get out of you, your tough, you yeah. know, a little tough love. Yeah, 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 yeah. Old school whereas, approach. Whereas Gabe is more the you know, less tough love and more just love. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah. And, um, you know, if, if the, to me, you want to hear the, the comparison, I believe is the closest to Gabe Kapler in the city of Philadelphia. I think it's Andy Reed and, and the way Andy went about protecting his players publicly, um, and propping up his guys and, and giving them the confidence and, and telling them they could do it that's to me the the closest i think they have some differences as well but i think that's a pretty close comparison yeah and, and even doug peterson as recently as yes. what was it two yes. years ago said you got to love these guys up you know you, you got to yeah, love your you're players right. doug uh, peterson would be a, a perfect example as well and he and he's a disciple of andy so that makes sense yeah absolutely now speaking of clentac um uh, a as an advisor the brain trust what have you i thought the phillies did a fantastic job at the deadline um, between uh, Ramos, Loop, and Cabrera uh, really um, addressed the needs uh, to make a realistic run at this thing. I mean, it's August 1st. The Phillies are in first place. Uh, the hunt for Red October is on. I mean, they have a true opportunity here. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, getting Ramos in the lineup. The guy's no joke. He was an all-star catcher. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, what do you think of the moves? I mean, it had to only enhance the positivity in that clubhouse. Yeah, I, I'm excited about it as well. I mean, you know, I think we all got excited about the op- the possibility that Manny Machado would be in a Phillies uniform, How and close I think was for that, Greg? Uh, I think it was pretty close. I yeah. really do. I mean, I I know, I know the Phillies put an offer out there that they felt could get Machado here. Yeah. And, you know, the Orioles decided to go with the Dodgers offer, and that's that's the way it works. Sure. But the and fact that the Phillies were all in with an opportunity to get him is exciting in and of itself. Sure. But once that opportunity went by the wayside, you know, I think the, the front office doubled down and said, okay, well, we have we have some areas that we believe we can we can upgrade, we can strengthen. And they targeted three areas. They targeted uh, offense in the infield was one. They targeted a left-handed arm in the bullpen. And they targeted more thump behind the plate, is, is what Matt Klontak said yesterday. More thump behind the plate. And I think they were able to pretty much check each one of them off um, with the guys that they acquired. Now, Ramos, Ramos is a couple weeks away. So we're not going to see him until probably the end of August. And now which, I, want, yeah. I wanted to ask you about Ramos. His uh, contract is expiring, right? So yeah. is that a guy they would look to bring back? 
Well, I, I certainly think, uh, depending on how the relationship goes and, and, you know, what they're able to get out of Wilson and how he fits into the clubhouse. I mean, I think there's a lot of factors, but yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, you, okay. you know, I, I do, you know, but let, that said, you know, they, they are very excited about Jorge Alfaro as they should be. He's yeah. got, you know, massive talent in oh, there. And they're, they're, yeah. And they're trying to, yeah, exactly. And they're trying to pull it out. And Andrew Knapp has, has shown flashes as well. You know, switch I, like, catcher. I like Andrew yeah. Knapp with some position so I. versatility. I get knocked for uh, standing up for Nappy. I like him. Uh, he needs more at-bats and whatnot, but I think he has a um, potential to be like a, a heck of a, a backup catcher for you for like a decade. Yeah. And, and I think that they see that as well. So, you know, what will happen next year after, you know, Ramos's contract expires in who knows, but, but it'll, I think a lot of it will depend on how September goes and, and when he gets into this lineup and how he's able to mentor Knapp and Alfaro and, and the relationship there. And I think it's going to be a good one from all accounts. And I've only talked to Wilson Ramos maybe once or twice ever, but from all accounts, he's a really good clubhouse guy yeah I, I heard that's his, an important thing I heard it his, really is i heard his uh, he got interviewed in the clubhouse down in uh, tampa last night and he said man i want to help those guys go to the world series i want to help them uh win the pennant uh, cool to hear that. That. yeah exactly <laughs> just a, he's a m- m- mature player and uh you know mm-hmm. like we said philly's youngest team in baseball so you add in as Drupal cabrera as well who's 32 he's been around uh, reunited him with a old teammate Santana from the Indians, mm-hmm. same age. Was there any type of cool little reunion there? Are those guys good friends? Uh, what was the deal with that? Because I know. Yeah, that... I, I, Go ahead. I think you know nowadays in baseball, the the friendships cross over into other organizations. Whereas yeah. maybe you know twenty five years ago, that really didn't happen all that much. But with the you know. With the way free agency is now and the way players move around, there's less of a, a divide and, and there is more of a connection. So, yeah, it, it's good that he had a guy or two in this clubhouse. Cesar Hernandez is another guy that he is, is tight with um, that he could come in and, you know, instantly feel a little bit of a comfort level. What uh, did the uh, that, Cesar so. thing stem from? The, just the Phillies you know, playing I, the Mets a lot? No, I think they work out together in the off season. Okay. Um, I think that's I think that was the connection they have, and they've been doing that for a couple of years. So, um, you know, that I believe I, I that's where Cesar's their connection started. Blonde hair now, big yeah, fan. I love I'm it. Big, I'm a big fan. Hey, a lot of baseball guys in the late '90s, early 2000s were doing it. They, <laughs> he and, said he needed to mix things up. I, Cesar's one of my favorite players, and I talk to him every single day. And, and he and I uh, have have a, a good relationship. And when he took off his hat and he showed me his hair <laughs> my my initial reaction was you got to be kidding me yeah, he said yeah. hey man he said if we win the world series everyone's doing this i said well hey i will too <laughs> i think his Drupal cabrera actually did that a year or two ago um, i think you're right and yep. our on the mark mlb insider brett boone he he was known for doing it uh yeah. it's it's ridiculous it's really funny though now the, the phillies have a lot of great names on their roster. I, I love saying Yaxel Rios and Ranger <laughs> Suarez. Who has the best name on the Phillies, in your opinion? Oh, wow. Uh, well, you just named two good ones. I but, wish um, my name was Ranger Suarez. Like, I, <laughs> Ranger Suarez is a good one. That's but, I mean, unreal. That's I like think from a maybe John the, the, movie or something. I think maybe the winner in the clubhouse would be Sir Anthony, you know, right? Yeah. That's that's kind of royal right yeah. there. So, yeah. um, And the 100-mile-per-hour yeah. fastball doesn't – Yeah, that, uh, that helps too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, he's been fantastic. 
He has yeah, been, he really has been. He, he has, has been, been absolutely fantastic. And I, I have a lot of confidence in him, and I, I haven't been able to say that about too many guys closing for the Phillies as of late uh, yeah. in recent seasons. And he, he's – I thoroughly enjoy him. There was actually some all-star game talk around him at one point. Yeah, and I think rightly so. And I think he'll be in an all-star game or two before it's all said and done. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, he's he's a confident kid, he, but uh, very down to earth. He's got great stuff, and he trusts it. And that's that's key. and that's a big yeah. And he's not afraid to be in the big situations. Right. I think and, we've seen that already. So and, that's and he I'm, locates. He he attacks the strike zone. Yeah. And yeah, that, exactly. That's huge. Now another yep. a guy we we talked about Machado um, and whatnot. A guy that I would have really liked to see end up here ended up with the Pirates. Uh, Chris Archer. How close was mm-hmm. that to happen? Because that was talked about. Yeah, honestly, you know, and I'm not in the room, so I don't want to speak for Matt Klintak, but if I had to bet, my best guess is it wasn't close. Matt was pretty clear that unless a deal fell in their lap with the starting pitching, uh, they did not want to play in that market. They, They just feel as though at the trade deadline, starting pitching is way too expensive, and they're pretty... Excited with the five guys they have here and the other five guys, really, there's five guys down below that they think can can give them innings and give them, you know, solid innings going forward in the next eight weeks that uh, that they didn't need to play in that market. And, um, you know, I do think they're going to be active in the starting pitching market going forward over the next couple of years, mm-hmm. but in the offseason. At the trade deadline – if you have to go get a starting pitcher, you're going to overpay for him. And they really didn't want to do that if they didn't have to. And I think they feel like they didn't have to. Yeah, that would have been a, a major blockbuster deal, though, if uh, Ramos and Archer came over. And, like, that would have got a lot of uh, attention. People would have really been talking about that one. Uh, yeah, agreed. I, I feel agreed. like these Phillies moves, I, like I said, I, I feel like the Phillies won the deadline. Uh, but they were a little bit under the radar of moves as the whole season has been under the radar. They were Pat Gillick-like moves, yeah, they in, were. in my opinion. Yeah. Well, well yeah. if a loop can be Scott Ayer. And, uh, this <laughs> Wouldn't is that too, be great? This is too thick, you know. Now Scott Ayer and was, Wilson Ramos could be Matt Stairs. Right, we're in good shape. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. But, you know, the, the, they're ahead of the timeline. Um, And I think that's a part of the reason why the city right now isn't going bananas. Uh, Coupled with, uh, off of uh, the Eagles' Super Bowl victory, a lot of people aren't as hungry for it as as maybe they would have been. Um, Yeah, I've heard that. I just think this team is very good. The city needs to wake up a little bit. Uh, It's good nightly entertainment. They're never out of a game. Uh, They're winning games. They're playing good baseball. I would like to see the city uh, get a little more fired up about them. I I would, too. You know, it's it's coming. It has to be. It has to be, right? This is the best sports town in America. So, you know, sooner or later, they're going to – fans are going to figure it out that this team is – you know, look. Will they go and win the World Series this year? I don't know. I guess I guess they, they certainly could. Right. But but we're when you, what you just said, they're ahead of the curve. They're past where they thought they'd be, and not by any fluke. It's by the the young players getting better and learning how to win at this level, and that's only going to pay dividends in 2019 and 2020 and 21 and beyond. So absolutely, absolutely. get on board now. You know, 2006. Folks look back at 2006, 2007, and, you know, things were just starting to ramp up with that team. Yep. And that's what this feels like to me. Yes, really that's does. what it feels like to me as well. Um, yeah. 
For sure. Now, you know, Greg, this is you know, my personal view here. I love baseball, uh, especially in this day and age with, you know, there's no really, there's no holdouts. Uh, there's mm-hmm. not a, a laundry list of off-season arrests. There's no protests every game. Baseball is a beautiful, beautiful game, and aesthetically, it probably is the most beautiful game. Uh, it's so nice to have a competitive team back in the city. Uh, I, I totally agree. And on all that, I do. It's 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 always been my favorite sport, uh, and the way it's played and the, the guys that are playing it, it's 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 a lot of fun. And when they're winning, as we said, it it makes it even more. I I've been with the team since 2012, and I believe my first year we went 500, and after that we were a losing team, right? Until this year, yeah. And and I've enjoyed every single minute of it, so I can't even imagine what it's going to be like to be part of the organization when the team is winning uh, the way it is now. So I, yeah, you're, it's I'm excited. Going to, it's going to be a, a party every day you get to work, essentially. I'm sure, <laughs> it's, right. kind of, I'm sure it's kind of felt like that now to an extent. Now It's, it's always felt like that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, even that's what, even that's better what, now. <laughs> right, which is awesome, man. Now let's have a little fun here, Greg. I'm just going to ask you a few unrelated Phillies questions. This is what we do sometimes with our guests. And okay. uh, we'll see. We'll see uh, what you got for us. Uh, favorite places to eat and drink in Philly. Wow. Uh, favorite places to eat and drink in Philly. Not allowed to say downtown, right? Because you'll get mad at no, me. No, uh, South Philly is downtown. <laughs> that's what uh, I don't. Think oh, that's, that's that's what gets you. Okay, that's fair. Yes, yeah, right. South Philly is downtown Philadelphia. But 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 that said, and I'll answer your question in a second. <laughs> you know, Philadelphia describes you know, old city as downtown Philadelphia, you know, describes what, like in the tourism packets at all. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, well, we got to visit get... downtown Philly. I we, mean, we... isn't that one of their slogans? Uh... I think it is. See, but so. that was probably written by a guy or girl who isn't from the city. <laughs> but <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Favorite places to eat or drink in the city. Gosh. Um, I love Elvez. Um, I love, uh, uh, man, Are you a I don't margarita want to guy. I'm a, yeah, I'm, well, I'm a, I'm a Mexican food fan and, and yes, I love to pair alcohol with anything I eat or drink. So, um, yeah, I, I do a margarita or two. Uh, I'll, I'll say that right now. I mean, I, I love the classics as well, but I don't, I, I, I feel like I don't want to, you know, I'm going to say Elvez. I'm just going to stick with that one. Okay. That's what, my favorite. Was there any, is there a, uh, any place in South Philly you like to eat at, get lunch at, dinner at? Uh, well, let's see. I don't eat you know i'm a south jersey guy so i don't eat lunch or anything over in, in town you know where I, I i go when i'm going to the ballpark and i need to eat before i go i go over to uh, the navy yard now because the navy yard yeah. is really starting to pop up with some great little spots yeah it's um, back there I, I know there's a couple of restaurants in south philly that i've i've gone to a couple of dyobs over the last year or two that have been fantastic but i i couldn't I can't pull their names out okay. of my head right now. No so. problem. You're fresh off a long trip back from Boston. <laughs> Favorite '90s movies? Oh, '90s. Let's see. '90s. Um, God, these are tough. You just get set me up. Um, <laughs> I'm more. I'm more like '80s, like uh, you know, Revenge of the Nerds, and and. Um, you know, all the John Hughes movies. Those are the ones I grew up with, but that would be 80s, right? Yeah. So, uh, 90s. God. American Pie. 
No, there you go. Is that the nineties? There you the go. 90s. Something about Mary, American oh, Pie. Something about those? Mary is arguably we were, the funniest. We were just movie talking about made. that in the dugout yesterday. I I watch that movie all the time. It never gets old. In fact, I watched it a week ago. There, there are so many little things in that movie that just kill me. Like yes. I'm sitting yeah. alone watching it laughing out loud. <laughs> all right. Well, those are two good ones. All I right. love them both. So All right. Fair enough. Um, here we go. Are you a coffee drinker? Where do you like I to am. get your coffee from? Well, I, I generally I'm a I'm a Wawa guy. Okay. Um, I know that's not very exciting, but I love Wawa's coffee. Um, but uh, when I'm on the road, I do like to try like the little mom and pop coffee shops uh in and around whatever team hotel we're staying in so you know there's a couple that uh that i've gotten to know over the years that i go back to each time we're in the city um and uh you know you just you stay in the same hotels all the time in every city we go to so you get familiar with the area and there's restaurants and there's coffee shops and there's little places that uh, that you can go hang out so uh, i do appreciate a great cup of coffee i can't get my day started without it so and that's fun uh, it's funny you say that because here at on the marks part of our uh, major part of our video content we do these coffee reviews at mom and pop okay. shops at mainstream uh type coffee places but it's almost like a spoof of a coffee review uh <laughs> but regardless it is a genuine uh review so now i'm glad you like coffee we're big coffee drinkers too uh there you go favorite athlete of the past non-philadelphian non-philadelphian um, I would say this is probably going to be unpopular, but I loved watching Tiger Woods play. Oh, no, that's not um, unpopular. That's great. Love it. That's love, amazing. Love. I love greatness, and he was just truly great at his sport. Um, Michael Phelps, my kid, my my kids are are big swimmers. Uh, that's their that's their sport, and and so Michael Phelps was the guy that uh, that just amazed me uh as i as i watched him didn't his and, boy, uh, uh lochte just get uh in trouble arrested something like that again I, that i don't know he's a bad boy these, these olympic <laughs> swimmers they're bad bad kids greg you gotta watch out with your kids not all of them <laughs> not all i have my son right now is in california swimming in the junior nationals uh and uh, his goal is to to make it someday to the olympics so wow um, that's awesome i know he's He's not a bad kid, but no, so th those it. two, and I would also say, you know, mainstream sports, Mike Trout is, you know, I guess technically he is a Philadelphia connected athlete Yeah, and, uh, and Brett Favre. I loved watching Brett Favre play. Right. Favre. Get yes. Back to something yeah. about Mary there. Um, yeah, there you go. Now you're a South Jersey guy. Um, favorite Jersey short town. Where did you go growing up? Where do you go now? Uh, when it's time well, to get to the beach? Yeah, I don't go anywhere now because in in with a uh, baseball life yeah. it's impossible. Yeah, um, but as a kid, uh, we did Ocean City, and uh, we did Brigantine. They were the two when I was growing up that my folks would would take us down. And um, you know, nowadays uh, I have a buddy who has a place in Wildwood Crest. So uh, if and when I do get a chance to get down there, I, I normally head there as well. So. Right. What would, what would it realistically be with your schedule? Uh, a night tops. Oh yeah. I haven't, I, I have not been to the beach in the summer months in nine years. Do you, do you have <laughs> responsibilities like during the all-star break and whatnot? I don't. So my, I, I do get the all-star break off, which is my only time off during the season. And um, normally that's spent with the kids uh, somewhere 
uh, my daughter lives in South Carolina right now because she's in college down there. And okay. so this off season, myself and my my one son um, uh, went down there and, and spent the time down there. So, yeah, the Jersey Shore, as much as I, I love it and I do, um, I, I just can't get there during the during the summer. Of months. course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, uh, Greg, great stuff. Uh, I'm so glad we've become friends. I'm thrilled you joined us on the show. Amazing conversation, man. Uh, it was a lot of fun. As uh, you know, as we had last time as well, it was a lot of fun. And we would love to have you back on sometime, hopefully uh, to talk more uh, Philly's success. I think it's uh, it's coming our way sooner than later. Whether, In all honesty, keeping it very realistic, even if yeah. the tires fall off this year, uh, they are in a very good position moving forward. I'm already looking at this season as a success. They're ahead of the uh, ahead of the process. Yeah, I am too, and and I and I hope others are as well. But that said, now that that prize is right there, that postseason prize. So, um, you know, I, I think it's so exciting to think about the idea of the bunting in the in the ballpark and the and that crisp, cool October air and we're playing baseball. Oh, I, I just it's, it's I, my I'm so excited thing. about it. Yeah. It's my yeah, favorite damn thing, maybe like in the world besides like family and yeah. all the important things. That vibe with that vibe of October baseball in South Philadelphia is the craziest vibe, is the best vibe you can ever get as a baseball fan. Nothing better. Agreed. Greg, I'll talk to you soon, man. Go Phils, and uh, have a great one. All right, Mark. All the best. All the best. Later. Bye-bye. And there it is, Benny. We made the call, and Greg delivered bigly. He's fantastic. There's uh, no better guy in baseball to talk to than Greg Murphy from our perspective because we like the media angle, and we like the sports angle, and he's a local guy. Yeah, what a down-to-earth guy. Doesn't take himself too seriously, but at the same time, you can tell he has a seriousness about his craft and really works on it and really wants to continue improving in his field, and you can appreciate that. Yeah, and uh, look, that's the type of demeanor you need to succeed in any industry. Always looking to get better, always looking to learn. Um, He's no rookie to this stuff, and and he still has that demeanor, and not to mention he's a great family man, and... um, He's a positive, pleasant person. That goes a long way um, for me uh, when I decide who's coming on this show and who isn't. Sure. Well, we'll go back to what you said, Marky, about how recently you've kind of been enjoying these Phillies broadcasts a little more, and I'm right there with you. They've done a better job. They really are more entertaining. I want to go back to something Murphy said about how Gabe Kapler's energy and his aura, the the team buys into it, and it's hard not to be better at what you want to do. I think the booth. I think he's influenced the booth. I think Gabe Kapler has influenced the booth. I yeah, got to take to yeah, be better every day. Maybe, yeah. I mean, that type of stuff is contagious. And, gang, you guys may not realize this, but as announcers, uh, whether it's for a football team or baseball team, radio or TV, these guys are very close to the team on a daily basis. So I'm not going to write that one off, Benny. I mean, that – yeah, why not? That they stuff, travel with the team. They talk on a daily basis. Yeah, that type of demeanor and um, work ethic and all that type of stuff, uh, that can rub off on people. Yeah, it rubs uh, off on more than just the team. Especially, you know, Gabe Kapler is not, you know, the team ball boy. This, this is the manager yeah. of a team who has uh, the youngest team in baseball in first place mm-hmm. vying for the playoffs. Yeah. It's cool. It it's gets cool. a lot of people to believe, yeah. even people that aren't necessarily on the team. 
Yeah, you know, people don't realize, you know, being a manager of a Major League Baseball team, it's a very big deal. For sure. You know, honestly, it, I know you agree here, being the announcer for a Major League Baseball oh, team huge. is such a big deal and such an Absolutely. amazing accomplishment. Oh, yeah, it's a historic accomplishment because these teams really only have handful of broadcasters yeah. in their whole thing. I know, I know, and it's, it's an awesome career, and uh, it's refreshing that Greg... Uh, you can tell enjoys it and looks to share his knowledge experiences yeah. with other people. Absolutely. Not just us. The VIP listeners today, he shared a lot of uh, inside looks with them as well. Yeah, and we thank him for that. Of course. Uh, that's the type of guy, you know, if you got a bunch of Greg Murphys in your building, it's going to be a successful building. Yeah, No matter absolutely. what industry you're in. 100%. Any predictions, Benny, on where this thing goes? Two months uh, basically left. Uh, dog days of summer right now. Uh, the hunt for Red October is on. Any prediction you feel like laying out there for the Fightins? I believe that the Phillies win the division. They avoid that wild card game. They hold off the Braves. They hold off the Nationals, who I believe are going to make somewhat of a push. They win that division. I ultimately see them winning in the first round, losing in the NLCS. Wow! Though. Yes. That would be wild. I think they get to the NLCS. Wow, you really mean that? I do. I think you're not just saying that for the show. I'm not blowing smoke. Looking at this NL, the Dodgers are tough, but I I just gotta think that that they can beat the Brewers if they face off. They can beat one of these other teams. If it's the Dodgers that they're facing first round, then it's scary. But I have to believe that the Dodgers. I want to think the Dodgers will probably get that one seed. Yeah. In which case, then they get the wild card team. Phillies face off, you know. Yeah, I, I, gang, I think they're gonna fall short. I just think they're too young. Uh, yeah. I, I don't feel like they're uh, ready. Uh, it doesn't mean I'm not enjoying it. It doesn't mean I'm not pulling for them wholeheartedly. Uh, I thought, you know, if you added a Hamels or an Archer, you were, you could actually realistically start talking World Series. I mean, playoff rotation of Nola, Arietta, and a Hamels or Archer. Sure. You know, plus one uh, Velasquez to the bullpen or something like that. Yeah, you I mean, know, had that... you been able to add one of those starters, and I preach, obviously, it would have been a huge bring-in, but missing out on Machado is a huge miss. Yeah. It's yeah. one of those things that you should have shipped one of these young pitchers, especially like Murph said, they have five guys in the minors that they think are going to be solid. Uh, yeah, maybe you think Sixto is going to be the best one, but you ship them yeah, and get a Manny Machado in that middle of the lineup. I agree, especially with all these good young arms you have already. Yeah. You know, um, I, I'm i with you. Uh, now, I am the other school of thought. I, did, I didn't care that they didn't get Machado. Now, you're an Orioles season ticket holder. Mm-hmm. You've seen him up close and personal. Mm-hmm. For me, Machado, um, there's some red flags there that I'm not even going to get into. Um, he's not my guy. He's just not my guy. I'm allowed to say that. Yeah. Machado's not my guy. Uh, when I'm looking to drop that uh, Brinks, uh, back that Brinks truck back up, uh, I'm not doing it for Machado. Uh I understand why somebody would. Supremely talented. Um, the body of work is there. The I mean, youth, the guy's a the top youth is there. three to five player. He's played in some big games already. You know, yeah. people don't realize that the Orioles are, you know, 40-some-odd games back now. But the Orioles have been uh, competitive the past few seasons, and Machado was a huge part of that. I mean, the guy came up when he was 20. He had some problems. You know what I mean? Got into a couple of fights, got into a couple altercations. Yeah. That kind of— 
That's part but of he's going. Young. In. No, I know, but you know, I and was, you, you know, people are young too, and they don't do that. But I, I'm with you. I get it, but not I'm, everybody's I'm, Mike Trout. No, out no, there no, mentally. no, no. Now I would say there's more Mike Trouts in terms of demeanor in Major League Baseball than there are Manny Machados. I don't know. I think guys would sway more towards the Machado than the Trout. Okay, fair enough. I fair think there's enough. a lot of hotheads in baseball. A lot of both phenomenal. A lot of me but, first players in baseball. Yeah, yeah, because baseball is a beautiful team game. But uh, the the way the game is played, most moments are personalized. Yeah. Um, it's all eyes on you when the ball's hit to you, when you're in the batter's box, when you're delivering a pitch, when you're catching a fly ball. At those very specific moments, it is all eyes on you. Sure. Well, when you're younger, I believe it's more of a team sport because you have more balls in play. You have more ground balls. Everybody has to be ready and out there. But once the major leagues come, I'm not saying everybody doesn't have to be ready and out there. But if you have a dominant pitcher or a dominant hitter, he's he, he, these guys are hitting the ball out of the park on such a crazy percentage of their hits that it's almost – or the pitcher just blows the ball by them yeah. that it's become so individualistic that these top yeah, guys in runs, baseball – a lot of strikeouts. These top guys in baseball, it's more of an individual game by that point in the major league level. Yeah. See, I like talking about baseball like in terms like this as opposed to breaking down all those goofy numbers, sure. all these analytics. Uh, it's too much, man. They're, they're, you know, you have a little bit of it. Uh, you use a little bit of it to draw an analysis. But, man, it is a lot of numbers, and yeah. I'm not a huge believer in it. I, I love the statistical side of the baseball right. world. It's and- always been there. Yeah. It's always been there. I love the sabermetrics. I yeah. love the analytics. I love all of that stuff. But at a certain point, you need to look at your eyes. And, uh, yeah, and the eyeball trust test your eyes is big, yeah. And trust your brain your and gut. know what you've seen in the past works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly right. what the numbers say. Of course. There's of course. certain things you can't do. Of course. Um, well, there we go, gang. I mean, we've really enjoyed this episode of On The Mark. We're not a sports show, but when we get sports guests, we'll talk sports with the best of them fact of the matter is the masses aren't going to come to us for sports when there's other outlets uh, they can go to. But when we have the guests, we're going to deliver them to the VIP listeners. We're going to share them. We're going to make the call. We're never afraid to make the call here at On The Mark, and we're always ahead of the curve. So, gang, until next time. Well, don't forget, Benny has this team in the NLCS. But until next time, gang, On The Mark.